0: I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset.
1: Destination rates have been increasing, mobility restrictions are being reduced, and economic activity is rebounding. And while some risks related to the virus remain, the worst is likely behind us at this point, and we may remain quite constructive on our macro
0: outlook. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we wanna provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. We're heading into the fall and soon enough, it will be Christmas. This year has been another year of ups and downs for sure, but it still seems to have flown by. So many people are wondering what is next for the markets and for the economy. We've had a lot of phone calls lately and you are wondering what the next phase in the recovery looks like. And you should, especially if you're invested. It's your money and you should care. So we are doing something new. Three podcasts over one week, giving you three different fund companies perspectives into the market. Today, we will start off with Ogi Todorovic from Fidelity Investments. You will let us know Fidelity's current outlook on the final months of 2021, as well as a look into 2022. Remember, keep your eyes open for the next two interviews within the next seven days. Here's our conversation with Ogi. We are here with Ogi Todorovic. He is the District Vice President with Fidelity Investments. Ogi, thanks for coming on with us today.
1: My pleasure, Ben. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, as we said in the intro, we are trying to kind of encapsulate what different fund companies that we use are thinking about the outlook for the end of the year and into 2022. And it's perfect timing to do this because there just seems to be so much going on right now in the markets that have people's interests. So, Right off the bat, high-level question, what's Fidelity's overall outlook for the end of 2021 and going into 2022?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and, you know, overall, constructive. We'll dive a little more into that. So over the past few months, vaccination rates have been increasing, mobility restrictions are being reduced, and economic activity is rebounding. And while some risks related to the virus remain The worst is likely behind us at this point, and we may remain quite constructive on our macro outlook. The reopening of large economies around the world and the associated wave of consumer spending, we're expecting to continue on and continue to fuel the recovery that we've already seen in markets. And furthermore, we expect this to be additionally fueled by the extension of fiscal and monetary policy, with policymakers seemingly unfussed by higher inflation as they continue to support the recovery that we've been seeing. Uh, Canada and the U.S. are pretty close to pre-COVID levels of economic output, but we do have significant dislocations within product and labor markets. And monetary and fiscal policy is expected to remain exceptionally accommodative. And while this is going to support the overall ongoing healing of the economy, it does begin to raise concerns about wage and price pressures and how long those are going to persist We're not quite as convinced as the market or the central banks that the recent surge in inflation is entirely transitory. And we do think that some of that will will persist. We're entering mid-cycle right now, I mentioned as well, and we expect this to be an environment where stock prices are driven more by earnings growth versus multiple expansion, which we've really seen a lot of over the past 12 months or so. But the good news is corporate fundamentals look very strong and earnings continue to look very strong as well. And we expect the current reflationary environment to persist for quite some time. And perhaps lastly, on a more technical note, if we look at relative breadth, so the percentage of S&P 500 stocks outperforming year over year, this has actually stayed very strong. Despite the fact that the mega cap growth stocks have taken over market leadership again, breadth is strong, which tells us this is a stock picker's market with opportunities to be found everywhere.
0: Oh, that's great. And it's actually quite remarkable, even though like we're recording this October 6th and it'll probably be out a little bit after that, but markets going up and down has people a little scared. But even with what we've given back, it's been a phenomenal run since uh, March 2020 and there's not a heck of a lot you could complain about. We wanted to dive down into, um, Some of the managers we use specifically at Fidelity and one of them, especially Mark Schmail, I think on any Fidelity thing that we attend, he's usually on there somewhere talking. Uh, The other is Dan DuPont, uh, two very different managers, uh, Mm -hmm. but we've supported them both over the years and wanted to give clients and listeners a chance to kind of know what they're up to right now. So what what kind of things, Ogi, have they been buying in 2021 And how would you say that's been different from what they've owned in 2020?
1: Yeah, great question, Ben, and I'm happy to dive into that. Before we dive right into that, though, as a quick recap, Mark Schmale is an investor who's really looking for positive changes and fundamentals occurring in the market. And he typically finds those in what we call the tails of the market. So higher valuation stocks with high expectations and lower valuation stocks with lower expectations. And his funds historically have captured a significant amount of upside. So it's ideal for those looking for full market participation over the long term, whereas Dan DuPont's much more of a value manager and he follows four key principles. He wants to aim to protect capital first and foremost, buy great companies, be infinitely patient on price and not try to predict the unpredictable. So as you can imagine, based on those descriptions alone, What they will buy is going to be very different from each other and being very active managers. What they're buying today is really different from what they were buying individually 12 months ago. So why don't we dive into that a little bit right now? Mark Schmale, and and we'll talk specifically about global innovators since that's one of the ones you more commonly use, Ben. But 12 months ago, he was much more focused on technology. In fact, about 39% of global innovators, uh, back going back to, yeah, about 12 months ago from today, was in technology, 39%. Some top names included Shopify, Square, Zoom, Tesla, names like that. And that was a good move if you look at how much those individual companies were up in 2020. But remember, Mark's looking for positive change And back in 2020. That's where he was finding a lot of it. But if we fast forward to today, he has a much more balanced positioning within his fund and is finding opportunities in both of those tales that I described. So one of the areas that he's finding opportunities in is more cyclical areas of the market, such as materials, because Mark doesn't believe that the market has fully appreciated a cyclical recovery. Uh, he knows that the market has doubts about how durable commodity growth is going to be, but he believes there's further upside for two reasons. Number one, as economic activity normalizes and growth resumes, the environment should continue to be positive for commodities. And number two. Uh, he doesn't foresee any additional supply of natural resources coming online rapidly, only of the challenges of ramping up capacity quickly in this mm-hmm. environment. And higher commodity prices aren't necessarily a prerequisite for these companies to work. Even stable uh, commodity prices or durable prices will be very beneficial for them because most of the market is anticipating lower underlying prices when evaluating those types of stocks um so the fund will have diversified exposure to these areas but yep. specifically he has exposure exposure to lumber copper chemicals and fertilizer so that's on that left tail the lower valuation lower expectation names but he's still finding some exciting opportunities on the right side specifically within technology he's really looking for secular growth stories with really good long-term demand tailwinds and adding to some of his favorite names as you notice his volatility begin to arise within those paying a lot of attention to what he considers to be transformative companies including next generation cloud computing as well as fintech due to their very favorable growth profiles but broadly speaking uh, his funds are underweight the mega cap technology names think like fang stocks for example because mark thinks he can find better value elsewhere so kind of summarizing what he's done, tech has been reduced quite significantly. Materials, financials, and energy have been increased somewhat more significantly, but still some exciting names, and they're like Nvidia, Roku, and Salesforce making an appearance in his top ten as of the last disclosure, which was on June 30th of 2021. Now that's Thanks. a quick up. That's a quick update on Mark Schmale. If we go to Dan Dupont, 12 months ago, about half of his fund was within energy and financials. Much more cyclical sectors and, and it, you know, first and foremost, protect on the downside is his first principle. So you might wonder why is he investing so cyclically. But remember, Dan's a value manager and he saw mm-hmm. tremendous value and some great opportunities in these sectors given the valuations they were trading at twelve months ago. If we fast forward to today, he has a much more cautious tone. Because he thinks that valuation risks, particularly in the US uh, are beginning to rise in this type of environment. So, Dan today's favoring more defensive parts of the market like grocers and telecommunication firms which he really thinks are strong long-term compounders with much less yep. cyclicality. As a result, of course, he has an overweight to consumer staples and communication services. He also likes some of the more traditionally regulated utilities companies. They're beginning to appeal relatively more appealing to him and you know, he notes that those are very stable and defensive types of businesses. So if we look today, financials and energy have actually been reduced to about 11.4% of the fund versus being over half of the fund about 12 months ago, uh, mm-hmm. with much more you know, in staples, telecom, etc. And names like Cushtard, Metro, Loblaws, Fortes making appearances within his top 10, again, as of the end of June 2021. So as you can tell, both managers have very, very different approaches and very different types of exposure. Yeah, and that's what makes them so complimentary to each other. And you know, I know that two of your favorite long-time go-tos have been Canadian Large Cap, run by Dan DuPont, and Fidelity Global Innovators, run Mm -hmm. by Mark Schmell. So I actually took a look this morning at what a 50-50 split of those rebalanced monthly would have looked like over the past three years. And net of all fees, Series F fee, just as a little side note there, but... Net of all fees as of close yesterday on October 5th, that 50-50 split of Canadian large cap and global innovators would have delivered about an 89% return over the past three three years cumulatively versus the 59% return of the S&P 500 over that same time. So kudos to you for picking great managers for your clients because certainly not only have they individually done well, but they work very, very well together as a combination. And you know taking a step back maybe I'd conclude with like you know we remain very constructive on markets moving forward due to the continued reopening the continued economic recovery fiscal and monetary stimulus strong corporate fundamentals and earnings and we really believe that both growth managers and value managers have the potential to do well and it's really going to be more of a stock pickers market something that Fidelity's always done very well with Dan
0: yeah. and Mark both being great examples of that Now the those are great updates and insights into those funds. That's awesome. Um, one of the things we like about fidelity is just a massive, massive research machine. And so when you plug guys like Mark Schmale and Dan DuPont into it, it seems like the result for us has been you, you get these sound managers who are plugged into a massive amount of information that they can take to weigh through what they buy and translates into So far, good outcomes for clients and not a heck of a lot of bad surprises. So (laughs) thanks so much for this update, Ogi. It's been great to have you on and keep up the good work there at Fidelity. (laughs) I'll let the
1: managers know. Thanks so much for having me on, Ben. Nice to see you.
0: Yep, you too. Thanks for listening to The Clear Money Mindset. We at Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals are here to help you thrive with your finances. You can find us online at daviesfinancial.ca. For help with your personal finances, you can email us at office at daviesfinancial.ca. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals Inc. Mutual funds provided through Sterling Mutuals Inc., Commissions, trailer commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.